It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. So a very good evening to you and welcome to what we are officially calling our Transfer Deadline Day special here on Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here live in the studio at the Valley are Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, all right. Yeah, happy happy with, with the business? Good business. Good business yeah. today. Well. A positive window, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. No, solid. No business is good business in exactly. some cases. Not necessarily this one. Especially when you've got a squad our size. <laughs> yeah, uh, and joining the, the pair of us here at the Valley is, uh, is Nathan Miller. How are you doing, Nathan? Not bad. Yeah, living the dream. Well, you don't don't say living the dream anymore? Or is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm living the dream. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. I think he thought he was going to get done, a late call-up. We've up. done so much work in the summer. I'm glad we've had a quiet day at the office, kick back, relax. Get your yeah. business done let early. The, let, the, let the championship come to the valley, mate. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the FA Cup, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, on tonight's show, we will, of course, hear from Lee Bowyer discussing the closure of today's permanent transfer window. Uh, we're also going to hear what he said last Sunday about what he'd hoped to do this week, so that'd be quite interesting to try and compare the two. We're going to hear your three word reviews on how our permanent transfer window has gone, the ones uh, which we can read out uh, in response. I tweeted earlier, if you want to have your three word review of, of the transfer window, find it on the Charlton Live Twitter and respond to that. We're going to discuss, uh, it's almost, it feels like it was a, quite a while ago now, but Patrick Bauer sent some quite controversial tweets. They obviously haven't quite led to the move that it would seem he was trying to get, uh, so we're going to discuss what happened there Jason Pierce? Uh, what's it, what is his injury how long is he going to be out we're going to try and work that one out then of course today uh, you would have noticed there was a protest down at the training ground in reaction to the uh, the fact that the under 18s and the under 23s have had their water bottles rationed Cardi Coalition against Roland du Chatelet decided to go and give them some out of the kindness of their hearts so I spoke to Clive Harris uh, to find out what he uh, made of the protest why Cardi protesting and his reaction to the club's statement uh, about the protest later on we're going to hear from Lewis Payne if we get time he uh, spoke to us on Sunday and it's quite an interesting interview so I thought you might want to hear from that uh, and also Lewis Cox will, uh, he's the, from the uh, Shropshire Star a journalist from the Shropshire Star as we start to look ahead to Saturday's game where we try to get our own back on Shrewsbury here at the Valley we're going to hear from Lewis Cox he tells us how it's been quite a summer of transition for them uh, and like I said we will then look ahead to, to the game uh, from a, ch- a Charlton point of view so just before quickly that we hear from um, Lee Bowyer about today's uh, lack of uh, action, Tom. Your, your overall feelings today. What were you hoping for today? Um, I was hoping for signings. I think in my heart of hearts, uh, by about ten or eleven o'clock, I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. Just had that feeling. Um, I mean, we're going to go into what he said last week. Obviously, we were up there and we we heard him be interviewed and say what he said. Um, I'm obviously gutted about it. Uh, we need more players. That's very obvious. Um, and we haven't managed to get that business done. Obviously, the loan window's still open. Um, so we're going to have to make some moves there now. 
Um, but yeah, overall, just just really disappointed. I think. Mm. Nathan, did you feel any any brighter about that? Because obviously the, the loan window is still open, mm. and I mean realistically, that's we knew that's where we we're going to do our business. Because I mean we we've signed two players all summer. We know that Rona's not giving us any money. Yeah, well, I think with the situation we got at the moment, I don't think um, it was ever going to be on the cards that we were going to get someone in permanently. But you know, you always have that little glimmer of hope, um, which we do every summer in January, which. Just seems, and I mean, today just seems like it's the same old, same old. It's you just get used to it now. Um, but yeah, same as what Tom said, disappointed. But it is what it is. We just have to crack on. It is what it is. A catchphrase that has certainly been around the club <laughs> for the, the last uh, the last couple of weeks. Well, let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer uh, said this afternoon. This interview came out on the club website uh, less than an hour ago, and they sent us a copy as well. Uh, you can just about hear the rain in the background. I've tried to take it away as much as it is possible because it's very rainy. But this is what Lee Bayer had to say on the closure of today's uh, permanent transfer window. Lee, the permanent transfer window has just passed, but we're still hopeful of bringing players in, aren't we? Yeah. Um... So we've we've agreed with a club to to bring someone in. Um, he's on his way down there. He'll have a medical tomorrow. Um, another positive is that nobody's gone. So I know people are worried about certain players leaving, but they're here still. And tomorrow we'll be working just as hard as we have been the last few days to be bringing in more bodies tomorrow. Um, will they be ready for Saturday? Probably, well, they, they won't be if we can get them in. So, um, but we're, we're we're still on schedule. You know, we've still got to the end of August, and we've hopefully going to have our third one through the door tomorrow. So, uh, and then we'll probably look at at least another two after that. So, well, then we're on schedule, and and, and the one that hopefully the medical goes well tomorrow then then everyone realise like the type of people that we're going for, you know, they're, they're, they're good people and they're, they're good for our squad, so um, they're, they're improving us. Just like the other two that's come through the So um, yeah, you know, it's it's positive. Although the permanent window is now shut, the loan window is of course still open to for you and Steve Gallen and all your staff. Does, does anything change? Nothing changes. Nothing changes for us because now this could be even this could be better for us because then like there's people that they thought that they might be sold and not sold and then but they need to loan them so they're just looking to sell them and get them off their books but no one's come and bought them so then they need to get rid of them and then maybe we can get some good ones that way you know that there's one that went I'm just just praying that like. He doesn't go to a championship club because if he doesn't, then I know he's going to come to us. But that's again, there's something like we can't just rush and, and go and get someone because I know that there's something in the background that this has a massive, like, a great chance of happening. Um, so yeah, we it's a waiting game at times, you know. We have to have to be careful, and, and then once the right person is dead, then we take. Them. And you touched on it a minute ago. No outgoings either in the last days or so which is positive too yeah yeah. because we we have to keep that massive part of that back for um, but we do need to strengthen in the area so we, we couldn't afford to lose him and obviously there's, we've got other players that are good 
good players as well, you know. So um, it's positive. I think it's positive so far. And, yeah, hopefully we'll get a third one through the door tomorrow. I said in the summer that we'll be looking to bring four in. Unfortunately, at the minute, because of all the injuries, like, like, like I've said before, but it happens in football, but we're, we start slowly but surely start getting them back, and then that's got to be good. By the time end of August, that's got to be good. So there we go, Lee Bay, you're saying that by the time it gets to the end of August, our squad is going to be a good one. Um, so, I mean, what, what, what's the main headline from today? Is it the fact that no one came in or that no one went out? Um, I think the the club will want it to be that no one's gone out. And to be honest, that is a positive. Um, I think if Bauer and Aribo had gone, I can't remember if I said it on Sunday's show or not, but we certainly discussed it. If those two went, then we were in real serious trouble. Um so that's obviously a massive positive, but despite the fact they've stayed, the squad's still not big enough. So therefore, the fact we haven't brought anyone in is also a big issue. Um, credit to Bowyer, he seems to find positives in anything. And obviously, we've said before, he's trying to protect the squad he's got as well. And I understand that. And if a player is coming in tomorrow, despite the fact it's only on loan, then obviously that's a good thing as well. But we're still way short of where we need to be. And it's all well and good looking ahead to August, but we don't know what the injury situation is going to be like then. Um, we're already waiting for enough players to come back. So, um, yeah, it, um, we've still got games to play in August as well. So we can't just write those games off. Uh, also mentioned there by Lee Bowyer that we are going to hopefully get someone in on loan tomorrow, so Friday, uh, if you're listening to this in, in the podcast. I mean, uh, as I sort of said a minute ago, we, I think we knew deep down that we weren't going to sign anyone permanently, really. So the only hope we have now got is loans. And Lee Bowyer, he, sound, he sounded like he's going to be someone of, of reasonable stature, hopefully. Yeah, well, you'd hope so. I mean, because I think all the positions that Bose has come out and said that we need, obviously Jake, Jake's injury, centre-half, and something to, someone to um, push deals. So I would imagine it's going to be one of those three positions. Hopefully it'll be the one, um, it'll be the central midfielder, but looking at, we don't know how bad Pierce is. So you'd think, I mean, listening to him there, it sounds like he, he's he's quite happy with it. Um but yeah, we just have to wait and see, I suppose. But mm. we, I think obviously one's a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> I think, isn't it really? I mean, because I mean, he, he said he said at the start of the summer he only wanted four in. I mean, yeah. now, now I think if you've been, like I said, I think there's there's been ten out. If you five loanees from last uh, last season plus a few others who've, who've who've gone out to to various places and Jacko retiring, so that's ten minimum. And then you're not counting the likes of Hanlon and, and Charles Cook, for example, who's also left. So I mean, clearly the squad's got a lot smaller. Um, I mean, th- th- there's no way around that, is there? No, and the squad was small anyway last year. Um, we looked towards the end of last season and when there were a few injuries, then we were struggling going, right, well, who's going to play and are we going to have to play Kai Kai despite the fact we didn't think he was really hitting the mark. So the fact that we've lost all those players, we have sh- strengthened, uh, perhaps in inverted commas, in some areas. I do think Lyle Taylor's a, a very good signing and I do think Prattley offers us something different. So... They are good moves. Um, I'm not going to take that away from the business we've done, but it's not enough. Um, mm. We've not replaced the the others. You know, someone. What if Page gets injured? Who steps in then? So there there are still plenty of issues ar- around. Um, like Nave says, I don't think really in our heart of hearts we expected to make anyone permanent, but that we could still have moved for loans this week as well, and we haven't done that. So we're going to have to work on that over the next couple of weeks, and hopefully. You know, Bowyer's positivity pays off, um, and we do manage to get some players through the door. Yeah, I mean, because he's sort of been talking about now how you have to do a little bit of waiting and a little bit of seeing if someone goes here, and if they don't, can we sneak in there, wheeling and dealing? So I guess, I mean, just the fact, I mean, 
I was pointing out the fact that we haven't made any loan signings at all so far this summer until until tomorrow. Now, by the way, so it just seems like it does seem like we really, really have to be conservative with what we've got in terms of a budget, in terms of waiting for Bo. Bo you're saying he's waiting for exactly the right man. Now, of course, you know if if that comes off and you get exactly the the right man, so of course it is is someone who improves the squad. That'd be great. But just in terms of physical numbers, I still think we're going to try and get as many of the right men as possible. But we won't have a much backup. Yeah, and I think we're just going to. Um... Have to sort of accept that that we're not we're not going to get. I mean, I don't know how many how many fit players have we got at the moment. Probably about eleven, twelve. Yeah. I mean, even with the new ones coming back, well, the the ones that are injured, you're still probably saying you're five, six, seven short if you have one for each position. Say, for example, yeah. we're never going to get seven in. It's mm. not going to happen. So there's going to be a time, like Tom said, where Page gets injured, and you're going to probably have to shove Naby out there, or Jamie Masco will have to come in. Uh, and, and things like that, you know, he's obviously cutting the cloth accordingly. But yeah, I don't, there's going to be times where we're probably the youth, the youth team are going to be have to step up, especially with a check yourself thing. That's Tuesday, isn't it? No, so, no, or the following Tuesday, or something like that. It's the so league cup, isn't it? That's what I mean. But then you've got to play a certain amount of first teamers, so it's going to be it's going to be a stretch. Yeah, this oh, yeah. season, I mean, and then if we if we stretch and we get more injuries, we're back at square one again. Yeah, yeah, we'll be interested to see what weekend team we put out for the MK Cup game <laughs> on uh, on Tuesday because it can't get much worse, can it? Um, uh, in fact, Matt Jackson just tweeted in saying it's a sham. We get one or two more injuries, and what then? Look how many are injured, and we're only one game in. Because obviously we're talking about the injuries to come back, but don't forget, I mean. With, with all due respect to him, I mean, Tariq Fosu has suffered a lot of injuries last season. We're going to see, obviously, Billy Clark's going to be out, ha- would have been out for almost a year by the time he comes back. So mm. we know that he's going to take a long old time to, to get back to full fitness. Uh, Reeves as well, it's going to be the same with, with him. He's going to take him forever to get back to fitness, full, full match fitness. And like I say, any, anyone could still get injured. Don't we? You know, talk, talk about Piercy now. We'll talk about Bauer in a minute because I mean, it's so vital that we kept Bauer, even despite his tweets. This week because with Piercy, I mean, it could be anywhere between you know, it could, it could just be a knock, or if he has to have an operation, it could be a, a long time out. So, you know, we'll, we'll find that out. I think we're still waiting for that to come out in the wash, but I think they, they appear to be the two options at the moment. Mm. So, that could be another long term injury, yeah. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. It's all well and good saying by September, October, we're going to have our full squad back. Well, not necessarily, <laughs> we're going to have some players back, but we could have lost other players. And like you say, they're going to take a while to get up to speed anyway. Um, I think, look, if Bauer had gone and with Pierce injured. I was never someone who rated Harry Lennon, for example, but at least he was here. At least there was him and Sar, so at least we had two or three people that could come in. Mm. Now we haven't really. We've got almost no cover. And like Nash says, you're looking at people like uh, like Maskell having to come in and cover, and it's the Grant situation all over again. You're throwing somebody in who's far too young um, and having to play them for games. So mm. obviously it, that's all hypothetical at the moment. We don't know the extent of those injuries and, and obviously, like you say, Bauer staying is a huge positive, but the squad, again, is just way, way too thin. I think this is probably the smallest we've had even yeah. under Roland, and ever yeah. since he's come in, the squad's been too small. Yeah. Let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer said on Sunday, uh, on Saturday even, after after the game up at Sunderland. Um, just because it is interesting, you know, this is obviously a week ago. Looking ahead to next Saturday now, um, can we expect any more additions before Saturday? Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. There will be addition into not necessarily who, but maybe whereabouts. Well, we need a keeper in for sure. We we need someone to challenge uh, Dylan for that number one spot. Dylan's our number one, but we, we need him to be pushed like our strikers, like our midfielders. There's competition for places, so we will be another keeper coming in. We we'll be looking for another defender to come in. 
and and obviously another midfielder in there. So, um, but that'd be it for now. That they're, they're the most priority things that we we'll be looking to try and get in this week. So there you go. That was Lee Bowyer saying he was one hundred percent certain that someone will come in before the next game. So now it does sound like there will be a lonely arriving on Friday. Um, he, he seemed to go straight for goalkeeper there. So my guess is it's going to be a goalkeeper. I mean, we saw we we got linked with a a, a youngster from Aston Villa, mm-hmm. I think it was, and then. Uh, weirdly on the Bolton news today suggested that Bolton missed out on Jed Steer because he was coming to us but whether that's going to turn out to be true or not I'm not I'm not not sure but um yeah so do you reckon that hints towards a goalkeeper Tyrone do you also think his uh his his certainty luckily is going to be proved correct in this case well I mean he seems certain um if a goalie comes tomorrow he I feel like okay fair enough but I still think the the, pri- the priority for me would be that defensive midfielder who can dictate the ball that's, I still think that's what we'll miss and I think that's what we lacked on um, on Saturday but it, who knows I mean you know Bo said that he was I think I, I, he might have said in that interview earlier he might get another two more I can't remember if I'm imagining it but hopefully he does but we obviously do we do need numbers but I mean going back on your point Lou about um, Clark it's a good point where these guys have been out for like ages so I mean even if they start training with what middle of October they're not going to be up to speed to the end of October that's three months into the season that's a third of the season gone so yeah it's all well and good they're coming back but who knows where we'll be after 15 games mm. but um, yeah who knows I mean hopefully we can get one in tomorrow and then the other two just if they do get two coming quicker as well so we could just forget about this window and just crack on yeah right Marcus emails in it's difficult to see how many players uh, we can get through the door maybe two possibly three uh, this still leaves the squad light in many areas uh, I really do worry about where we're going to end up this season bottom half seems a certainty I really do believe Roland is running the club uh, out of spite and getting the fans back for all the upset and the protest whilst our club painfully declines we must remain strong and continue to back the boys a big shout out to Card for all the work they continue to do for the good of our club. Right, a, a feature I've decided to steal from the Fulham podcast, Fulhamish. Uh, they do three word match reviews uh, uh, after a game. So I said, let's do a, I thought, let's do a three word review uh, of uh, Charlton's transfer business. Now, uh, you've got to bear with me whilst I sort of censor all of these as I go through. <laughs> Roger said, FFS. Uh, uh, the Rabbit says, joke, shambles, disgrace. Franco says, absolutely no surprises. Dave Longley said, what transfer window? Uh, 100% Charlton said, bottom at Xmas. Uh, Xmas uh, Jack Dads said, row land out. So he's made he's made Roland into three words. <laughs> Glenn put, can I swear? Roger has come in quite a few times. He says, sack the board. He said, I'm really annoyed. Uh, Sammy is slightly longer than three words. He says, how many Division 1 teams have paid good money for players? It's all loans and we still have a few weeks to get the decent players that we need. Uh, Roger says, not going Saturday. Been here before. We're going down. Hello, League 2. Ray says, same old story. Uh, Roger says, a load of balls. Uh, Will says, uh, Will Bolland says, relying on youth. <laughs> I'm not reading out that one, Roger. That, uh, Fred said, same old rubbish. Again, I've changed that. Thomas Roper said, only one required, predictable. But, I mean, you could argue that the only one required is the three words, and therefore I can't say anything after that. But uh, Roger's still going, storm the pitch, sit in protest. Kai says it's not over, and I guess that is the point that a lot of people are going are gonna to say. We, you know, realistically, the loan window is where hopefully we're going to try and do some business now. Uh, Roger continues I want to cry <laughs> fan on pitch Will says where's Richard Murray 
then he says, where's Andy Delort? For fans of uh, Transfer Windows from a few days wow. ago. A few years ago. Uh, Chrissy says, sad but predictable. Then his next one says, the final nail. Uh, Scott uh, says, Roland something. Um, <laughs> John says, no money spent. Nigel says, freebies, loans and injuries. Dan Gray says, it's getting depressing. Paul Glover says, I'm done caring. Pete Finch can't be read out. Uh, Dan Gray, no ambition whatsoever. Uh, Chrissy says, going to Dulwich. Uh, Cap says, impotent cliffhanger. Uh, Rob says, exactly as expected. Stuart, that was stupendous. Andy, Arebo's still here. And now that's another positive to take from it. <laughs> Lewis says, hello, League Two. Uh, London <laughs> Geezer says, complete and utter joke. CFC Forever is asking Roland to remove himself from the vicinity, but in three words. Um, <laughs> that's quite good. Yeah, Paul says, will you be censoring the three word reviews? I can say I very much have. Uh, Garmy says, what? No Messi? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then how soon is now uh, saying, uh, gather this is in silence. Uh, when I asked, when, when he replied to Lee Boyer tweeting about the, uh, the the end of the transfer window, talking about the end of the transfer window. So Cap says, on Sunday it was mentioned that normally we need the January transfer window to bring in loans to bolster the squad. That could be an unlikely option as we use up all of our allocations of loans this August. So don't think you can only have five. We're going to have one now as of tomorrow, apparently. So, I mean, if we do use up all five, I mean, therefore we won't be able to use up any in January if that is the case, if they come in as season-long loans. Takeover will happen by then, won't it? So... Probably be, we'll probably bring in about 15 players in January anyway, so it'll be, be fine. New Chelsea. But no, and again, that's been a problem in the past as well because we've had only been able to play so many of them. It, it, I think someone said it on Sunday, I can't remember who it was, but they said he's playing a very dangerous game because it's all well and good trying to keep costs down while you're trying to offload uh, a club. Um, but at the same time, how much do you cut costs to the point where actually your club loses value and then you can't sell it at all? So it, it is a dangerous game. I think he's walking a very uh, a bit of a tightrope. But yeah, we, the main thing is we just need players in. And if if tomorrow's comes in, it, it's a start at least. But it's still we still need far more. Right, let's have a very quick break here on Charlton Live. We'll come back and talk about some tweets sent from Patrick Bell this uh, week. We showed until the last second a good desire and they got rewarded for it. Uh, so they still, the whole team showed that they really want, really want, really want. Want, really, really want. Want, really, really want. Really, really, really want. If you want to be my lover. Welcome back to Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. That was Carol Fry there. Uh, doing his best sporty spice See, impression. Could be worse, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, right, uh, uh, the uh, the Charlton uh, family went into a bit of a tiz on uh, on Tuesday afternoon, or was it Monday? I can't remember. When uh, we we were all sat there minding our own business, and all of a sudden, Patrick Bauer, uh, a bit like Donald Trump when he first wakes up of a morning, he sat there on on his, on his mobile phone, opens up the Twitter app, and is like, right, what what havoc can I cause? Uh, today, so he's, we're, we're, all, we're all sitting there because we know that the, the last we heard, Bauer had been offered a new contract uh, by the club. Then all of a sudden, uh, here we go. So, tweet number one from Patrick Bauer. I just wanted to take this opportunity to clear up some confusion regards my future at Charlton Athletic Football Club. As long as I'm wearing the Charlton shirt, I will give everything for you as addicts uh, and the football club to be successful as possible. We're like, oh, cheers for that, Pat. You didn't have to say that. We just assumed. <laughs> But then he went on with a second tweet. Nevertheless, I have not been offered a new contract and would not extend my current contract, which terminates in 2019, 
with Cholton Athletic FC. Now, the permanent transfer window has now closed, although don't forget you can still, between EFL clubs, take someone on a loan with a view for a permanent transfer in January. So effectively, if it was Blackburn, for example, that we're going to come in from, they could still come in with the same terms or mm. decent terms and still get him this window before the end of August. But, I mean, you, you're sitting there, and I, my immediate reaction to that tweet was, well, that's a come and get me plea if ever I've seen one. Oh yeah, that seems like, and that <clears throat> I think Bo said it in his interview. It com- comes across to me as an agent's work because like, you don't really see that often unless they're in the final year. They want to move, but you know they're happy to stay. But they'd rather a move. Agent goes, go and stir it up a little bit and see what happens. And it's obviously not come to fruition. But um, yeah, I think he'd, he'd be. I still think he'll. He's one of those guys that he'll still give his all. But I don't think the timing. Um, was the greatest? I don't think a lot of players would be happy here. To be honest, no. I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, you look at, look at it. it. Can't be great for morale. I mean, I know they're a close bunch anyway, but I don't think everyone's going to be wanting to come to Cholton at the moment or even want to stay there. But I think he could have just at least. I think if he come out in January and said that, then you could probably understand because you know the last six months he could have assessed where Cholton are. If we were like flying high at the top of the league, he wouldn't have to say anything. Whereas now it's just a little. It's just it's just going to have that cloud over his head now, which is a bit a bit unfortunate. Mm. Now I mean, so, so now this has happened, but he has so far stayed at the club. I mean, how, how do you react? Because I mean, that is a player who's, in my opinion, effectively come out and said I want out. So how do you react now? And he says he's still going to give his all, but I mean, is you, you know perhaps deep down that he, he wants out? I think you come out and you perform the best you can. Um, Obviously, he may still make mistakes, but you go and you give 100% every single game. Um, I think for all of someone like Ricky Holmes, who I thought always tried to give 100%, I thought towards the end his head had been turned a little bit and his performances dropped as a result. And when that happens, I think that's far worse. Um, Like Naif says, I think in terms of the actual tweet, I think it was a bit silly and a bit misguided. Um, It's probably agent-driven. But he's still here. He's fortunate in some ways that we've, got no choice but to play him anyway but he's a good player and we need him and he's going to have to go out there and perform well and if he does um, I think Charlton fans will forgive him and from the response to a lot of those tweets people said they don't blame him because again he's not the enemy that people are focusing on he's just somebody else who's caught up in everything that's going on so actually he got a fair bit of defence I know that's not true of everybody but um, he seemed to get quite a lot of support Mm, Interesting well be uh, be interesting to see. Like I say, with, with Pierce now potentially injured for however long it is, we, we certainly. I'm glad he didn't go. Otherwise, mm. it would have been Naby yeah. Sar on his own in central defence. Right, Will Bolland's added his free word review again. Jan still available. He says, "I think you're dreaming there, Will." Uh, London Giza says, "Like the club policy of selling season tickets, they're not sending them to people who have purchased them, while sending some to people who haven't purchased them." No, it's, it's, it's true. Actually, there's been quite a few reports of people who haven't bought season tickets receiving season tickets and at the same like and at the same time there's still ones that haven't been delivered such as my other half's one she's still sat mm-hmm. at home trying to work out I'm gonna have to smuggle her in through the press box on uh, on Saturday if she wants to come to the game at this rate. But um uh yeah that's, that's a weird one. I think I just wonder if uh you know now that Card have got their own delivery service set up I wonder if they could help dish yeah. out the uh, the season tickets now referring of course to the fact that today card the coalition against Roland du Chatelet uh, in response to the report in the independent about how the under 18s and the under 23s are no longer allowed 
the bottled water at the training ground decided to take matters into their own hands today a, uh, a protest that certainly caught the imagination uh, of the, uh, the the press and, and the Charlton fans on Twitter as well We've got a lot of uh, a lot of news stories generated about it just to highlight I guess the, the the plight that the club is in now I wanted to find out exactly the ins and out of, of, of whilst uh, of while Carl did that today so I spoke to Clive Harris uh, about the uh, about the protest today. We needed to do something. It's been a very difficult few weeks as a Jolton supporter. Uh, you know, with the uh, apparent lack of movement on the takeover front, and then when it became very obvious to us that there were cost-cutting exercises at uh, back at the club, despite De Chatelet not coming himself to see, um, we, we, this was the one that. Affected us most because I think most Charlton sports. One of the few things we're, we're left proud of is our academy, and um, it just seems ridiculous that they, they, these these sort of measures are taking place given given the financial situation of the owner himself. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you come up with the idea? Because obviously, it's one that's garnered a lot of uh, attention, and uh, possibly so it seems to have served quite well to highlight uh, exactly what's going on at the club in in, in the wider media. Well, I, I, I mean. Few of us have been mulling over with what we can do next. One of the hardest things when we've got a long, drawn-out, uh, processed uh, campaign like we've had now, going into its what third, fourth year, uh, is trying to reinvent it and keep it fresh and keep it original, so the media can be interested. And this this had been suggested um, by almost two or three people around the same time, and it it just felt it was a really obvious and direct way of us getting across our togetherness with the people who are still working for the club and representing the club, you know, with in Charlton shirts and the academy players, um, and uh, being able to make our point. It just makes sense on every level. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to, to make any restrictions on water this yeah. summer of all summers. I just wondered if you'd like to react as well, because the, the club have sent us a, a statement which they've been sending around uh, uh, to the newspapers as well. It says, uh, a Charlton Athletic spokesperson said the club looked at the spend on plastic water bottles as part of the current cost analysis process the decision was made that given the high wastage and the environmental impact of plastic bottles, the club uh, would be better served providing water in other ways. They also go on to say that, that say the under-18s and 23s have individual refillable uh, bottles now and also say that the, the solution has saved costs, reduced wastage and also has environmental uh, benefits. The club then goes on to talk about its electricity consumption being cut by 11% uh, in June and then 29% in July. So do you believe that this... Um, uh, this this decision was made by the club um, in, in terms of saving money and, and the environment. Oh, look, you just sounded like I've rung one of those uh, at my bank, and they're giving me all the ins and outs and technical, you know, terms and conditions before I speak to a human. There, Louis. I mean, that's PR bingo, and everyone knows it. What a ridiculous thing to suggest. We all know that long term, plastics are not beneficial for the planet, but. For anyone from our PR department to suggest this is the reason behind these cutbacks is absolute nonsense. We are not Forest Green Rovers yet by a long chalk. <laughs> so, you know, I commend them on being so quick in replying and ticking a few of the little things that they need to do. But what absolute nonsense. And I know the person who would have wrote that is already thinking, God, I've got away with it, but a ridiculous statement. I don't believe it. I think it's a lie. Um, obviously, you mentioned there you're hoping it might be one of, of many things that Card are going to get involved with this season. They had the statement a few weeks ago about uh, suggesting fans shouldn't shouldn't buy season tickets. Um, I mean, what, what else has got planned? Because what else have they got planned? Because obviously, this this takeover situation seems to be dragging on and on now. Well, I think we spoke about it back 
in February and I was quite excited then and like you know most things with this club now for 40 years it, it never actually <laughs> turns out the way you want it to of course we've got lots planned uh, it's not only us you know we, we, we should say there are numerous protest groups now that are still trying to get things done even our supporters trust is having to and well done to them for contacting the EFL and saying, you know, that uh, we need answers because this is just, it's, it's an appalling way that our club's being treated. So, you know, we are very hopeful of um, continuing the pressure on De Chatelet. It's been difficult for us to arrange in-stadium prote in protests, partly because of the, the lack of the size of the crowd. Uh, and also there still remains a hardcore that don't want their you know, football matches to be interfered with. I don't know how long we can continue that for, uh, maintaining that. But um, whether it's uh, protests at home, by use of the media at the training ground, uh, or in fact very much so in Belgium, along with, uh, you know, rolling out today, the Belgian 20, and all of the protest groups, De Chatelet should not think he sat there in Belgium with nothing happening. We're not happy. We think we... Well, I believe, I genuinely believe, we represent the majority of the fans that are not happy with the situation. And we will keep planning protests in an original and, uh, from Carl's perspective, a, a legal point of view uh, till, until he eventually goes. We won't rest until he's gone. And, and just finally, I mean, what would you say to fans who suggest are, you know, just doing, just doing things like the water bottles or, or protests over here, they, they won't affect Du Chatelet, he's already made his decision to sell. What would you, what would you say to people like them? say look out for next week's BBC report about uh, the fact that uh, you know it is making a difference I'm sure it is um, we've been working with various media outlets and uh, I, I'm convinced that uh, Charlton supporters are doing more to nullify that bottom line than any other club in the country and it's one of the I think was it not in cricket a few years ago where you could only control the controllables this is one of the things we can do we can stop spending money that goes straight to De Chatelet and uh, it's, if it's one of the only things we can do we've got to keep doing it I think it does affect him I don't think I think it's a vanity project the whole of this Charlton he'll go on his terms uh, I, I don't doubt that but we can certainly make those terms a little bit more, more awkward for him and uh, um, not attending home games is not something I want to be doing. I am boycotting my season ticket this year. I don't want to be doing it. Um, but equally, I'll jump in a car and watch us lose Sunderland in the 96th minute. So I've not given up on the club just yet. But uh, we've just got to do what we can do, all of us. And the most important thing, Louis, for Charlton Sports to stick together now uh, because we are coming towards the end of it, we hope. Um, but this is not the time for us to be fighting amongst ourselves. We've got to stick together. We all want one thing. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That left hand side at the moment, little step over onto his left foot. Marshall, ball in the box is good. And Rebo, first time, oh, what a goal! Lovely finish! Oh, what a goal! Joe Rebo gets Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left hand side, chips it in. And a Rebo with a calm left footed volley and found the bottom right corner. And Charlton have the lead. So welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. We just heard there from Clive Harris from Card, who was telling us about the water bottle protest, and uh, we also heard the club's statement uh, to make sure that we got both sides of the story there. So thank you uh, to, to Clive and to the club for, for getting involved with that that conversation. Um, still plenty of protest stuff going on. I mean, we, we talked to, Cl- to, to Card there. I'm, hope, uh, I'm going to try and get in contact with uh, the Roland Out Today party, actually, over the next couple of weeks, because... Uh, Obviously, they're going to be contesting in a local election over in Roland's hometown of St. Truden uh, later on this year. So we'll try and find out more about that as well, because that's a really uh, sort of inventive and, and, and interesting protest as well. So I'd like to hear what uh, what their plans are. Right. Um, on Sunday, I spoke to, or on Saturday again, we spoke to, to Lewis Page after the game uh, up, at, up at Sunderland. Um, just to look back at that, because he, he, he talks about the, the game and the squad and, of course, looking ahead to... Uh, to Saturday's game this week with, with, with Shrewsbury as well. So I thought we'd have a little listen to what Lewis Page had to say uh, after the 2-1 defeat up at Sunderland. Just going, like, first half, I thought we played really well. We had the shape I put pretty much spot on. Um, second half, they matched us up. Um, so yeah, they put us under a lot of pressure. I thought when it got to 1-0, obviously, away from home, we probably would have took that. I thought we'd had, a, had the job done. And obviously, great delivery. We pulled off on me on the back post and headed it in. Which is, it's a good goal, to be fair. We've looked at it a few times and much you can really do, but maybe I could have affected him a little bit more. Things got off to such a great start. Lyle Taylor and his Alex yeah. debut scoring the penalty. Yeah. Uh, first half, we were great. The yeah. energy was there. Just for the second half, it just where the yeah. energy was there the first yeah. half. Yeah. Just wore you out a little bit second half. We were sapped. It was a lot hotter as soon as kickoff started, the sun came out. Um, but look, we've got, we got to learn from it. Like First half, we can take some a lot of positives from it. Um, it's the first game out of we've got another 45 games left or whatever it is so let's take the positives and we'll move on uh, hopefully we can um, get three points next time it's a depleted squad as it is and then yeah. the news of Jake Forstakowski yeah uh, absolutely yeah it was all devastating for him obviously it happened in training um, obviously it was all a bit fucking what can you do um, it was all devastating for him obviously the shirt when Lowe scored uh, I thought it was a nice touch for him to see that on TV so hopefully he can um, be positive I've been there myself, been out for a year, so I know how he feels. Um, he's got to keep his head down, and I'm sure he'll come back better. And moving forward now, trying against Shrewsbury next weekend, mm-hmm. an opportunity to, to reverse yeah. the scorelines, what happened in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, must be excited. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Like, obviously, Sunderland, they're a good side. They'll probably be there and thereabouts this season. So um, hopefully we can do a job on Shrewsbury, get our own back as such. Um, we need to, we need to get some points on the board and uh, set us off on a run, hopefully. Try and take some positives from what, from what you did to Sunderland in the first half, considering they're going to be one of the big boys in this division. Yeah, exactly. Like, they've obviously got some. They've got some big players still. Some of them they've been playing the Premier Premier League. Sorry. Um, so like, if we if we can do well against these in the first half, and if we can prolong that in the second half, we would have would would have won another game. But obviously, it was a game of two halves. They put us under a lot of pressure, and they probably, hopefully, we deserved the draw. But 
it's unlucky they scored in the last minute what can you do we'll see with the situation in the squad at the moment a mm -hmm. lot of young lads are going to get their opportunity we saw, yeah. saw George Lapsley yeah. making his, his full debut today yeah. and uh, he impressed us up there yeah he was very good he gets about the pitch really well um, he's also good on the ball so his energy helped us a lot in midfield especially the first half him and Aribo Aribo's got a lot of legs as we know so that was good but obviously we need a few more players in if, we, if we're going to push push up the league and um boost our squad really because obviously if we get get injuries and got we put we've basically got a 23s team a lot of us are really young myself and money just turned 22 so um we're going to need a few more experienced heads probably um but we'll, we'll just see what happens over the next week because yeah, obviously with jake obviously it's a yeah devastating yeah. personal blow for him and yeah. and, and for what's going to happen for his career. For us, but yeah, yeah for, for, for the squad as well i mean does, yeah. does that knock your confidence and such losing such a big player yeah it was, it was a big hit we're not gonna lie um was a lot of, like he's a very good midfield player. He spreads the ball well, keeps the ball moving. Um, we needed that probably today out there, um, but well, it happens in football. For that, what can you do? We've got to move on. We've got to get get players in, and we've got to stay together really because we've got to, we're going to have a small squad either way. So we've got to stick together, and there's no reason why we can't do well. You were down at one point as well. Yeah, um, yeah, been right. yeah. No, I just opened up my knee a little bit, but mm. and I did it again in the second half. But it was all right. So it's all good. Yeah, Lewis, you're touching it already. Obviously, you were out for a year with, yeah. with the Achilles injury and uh, other injuries as well. Um, can you offer Jake any advice? Because you, obviously, you've been there yeah. on the sidelines. Just keep your head, obviously, because it's very difficult when you're in a gym on your own uh, for a long amount of time. You're the strength coach, you're doing exercises, it's sort of boring. Um, but it's only going to make you better, and you're going to come back stronger. Uh, I feel better in myself, I feel better physically for it. So. Um, he just keeps that in mind what he's going to be like when he comes back then I'm sure it will stay positive Have you talked one on one with him about that yet? I haven't no no I'll see him I'll see him next week I think he's going to have an operation at some point so when he's back in I'll have a chat with him yeah That was Lewis Page uh, chatting to us after the, the defeat of Sunderland obviously uh, touched on you know taking the positives from, from Saturday's game which we'll have to because we play, we've played well up at Sunderland as, as we discussed on, uh, on, on Sunday's show we also talked about of course the size of the squad uh, the lack of experience within the squad and obviously nothing really has changed yet since then and we've still got this loan window where we absolutely have to do some business and finally offered uh, some advice to Jake Forster-Kasky because obviously Lewis himself has been out uh, for long stretches of time since it can get boring in the in the gym when it's just you and the fitness coach and a lovely DM from uh, uh, from Arthur Roberts who said our fans sh uh, fans should sign up to go and uh, to go and uh, look after Jake Forster-Kasky <laughs> in the gym uh, which is not, not, not a bad idea I guess but you might might be slightly in the way uh, of the doctor and that but just to try and make sure he doesn't get too long it's a, a nice thought but yeah Pagey I mean um, you know he looks like he's, he's got his page free finally he's got his page free deal um, uh, you know he, he is the left back this season no J.D. Silver who signed on loan for Bristol City today uh, for, from Chelsea uh, so he's going to have to make the show his own and I mean I was quite impressed with when he was fit last season what we saw so I really hope he can kick on this season yeah I think he's a good player um, and the only reason he wasn't playing last year partly was injury and partly he lost out to player of the season so shows what he was up against um, like you say when he came in he obviously scored that amazing goal but just in general I thought he was good and he was very good against Sunderland as well he was lucky not to get carded earlier on because he was putting himself about but that's what we want from our left back, you know, and he's got to be careful as well, as, as I said earlier, because he's got no one behind him. Um, and we've seen sometimes if you haven't got someone pushing you, you can get a bit complacent. But he doesn't strike me as that sort of player. I think given how much he's actually been able to play so far in his career, you'd think while he's fit, he's going to take every opportunity he can and just try and get some minutes under his belt. And as you say, I think he's a good player. 
yeah, quite clear within the squad now. We've heard from Forster Kasky, Jason Pierce, and from we were both injured now, and, and from uh, and from Lewis Page over the last few weeks about how it's quite clear that we're lacking bodies, we're lacking experience. You know, uh, obviously Jake and Jason have now added to that, unfortunately, with their injury problems. But um, it's interesting that it's certainly all coming out from within the squad, but not so much from the manager, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you haven't got to be to know the club ins and out that we're very short on numbers and. It's like what Pagey said just then. Um, he's only 22. So you think we consider him a first team player, but we forget how young he is, a rebo, the likes of that, is very young indeed. Yeah, so that's what I mean. So you look, the only real sort of experienced players are looking at what maybe Souls. Bauer's only 25. Do you know what I mean? He's only 25. Souls, Prattley, maybe. But yeah, it's, it's, it's mad because you would see him as one of the experienced ones. But like Tom said, he's played, what, 40 odd games in his whole career. That's not even a season, yeah, in professional football. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to take, it's going to be hard on the players, but they all know, they all know the situation. And like Paige said, you just got to roll your sleeves up, haven't you? Right, it's time to start looking ahead to Saturday's uh, game with Shrewsbury. Uh, we desperately want to get uh, our own back, don't we, for for them knocking us out of the of the playoffs at the end of uh, at the end of last season. So now I spoke to, I, I think I'm going to award Lewis Cox friend of the show status because I think this is either the second or third time. He's been on. He covers uh, the Shrews for the Shropshire Star. I had a good old long chat with him last night. This is about ten minutes worth of it. He's just telling me about you know a summer of change over at the uh, the New Meadow. It's been a weird one. I mean, it was a bit of a whirlwind. The, the Wembley defeat and the Wembley defeat and Hurst was essentially gone twenty four hours later. It was uh, a few days um, in that respect, and the, you know the fans were obviously devastated and felt very hurt by it. But fair play to the club; they didn't wait too long in, in appointing John Askey for Macclesfield they certainly had him earmarked you know should should Hurst go and for obvious reasons he won the won the National League with Macclesfield on a very low budget and amazing effort um, so he's come in and and unfortunately for him uh, through no fault of his own in my opinion at all uh, it's, it's been a hard a baptism, baptism of fire really um, he's had his hands tied he's had most players go um, certainly though without a contract then you know the better players who followed Hurst to Ipswich and uh, and things like that it's, it's been tough I mean he's made 12 at the time of speaking signings I think so that's a, a fair amount but you know it's tough there's been a, a lot of change and you know that might take a while to settle and at this stage we don't really know how it's going to go because mm, I guess yeah as you mentioned he had that success last season uh, with Macclesfield, and he's he's coming to a you know a, a club that is probably fair to say overperformed or certainly outdid expectations last season. So, yeah. So in terms of, I mean, what was he expected to try and achieve this year? I think you know he was very keen when he came in straight away to play down expectations. He said to manage them was going to be one of his biggest jobs, really, because you know it's human nature naturally fans expect a bit more after a uh, an amazing season. You know they're not naive supporters, but there's a tendency with fans in it to get carried away like you've done it once you should be able to repeat it blah 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 but you know there, there was a real element of last season being a miracle like even though it didn't happen for them in the end everything fell into place for them to get there like sort of million to one shot to, to do what they did under Hurst and the players so you know they're very aware that that's going to be nigh on impossible to repeat and I think certainly in my point of view the club, the club, but they should be looking at consolidating, you know, 
solid mid-table, no fears of the drop, that kind of thing. And I think Askey would snatch your hand off for that. I think that they'd like that. Um, fans think they should have that. You know, that's that's what they expect after how good last season was. Um, you know, if the window would have gone slightly differently in terms of players leaving, they, the quality they've brought in, they could have been looking into the top half. They really could, but you know, as, as we've said, there's a lot of change, so a lot of things to bed in, a lot of talent they've lost. So, you know, let's just try and, and steer clear away from the drop. Hopefully, they've got enough firepower to, to stay out of trouble because that's, that's again, as a time of speaking, that's a contentious one, really, um, in terms of, yeah, the, the, the firepower they're going to have in attacking position. Because, mm. I mean, they've already lost this week Nolan and Enciala to, to Ipswich, followed, followed the manager to Ipswich as well. So I guess you, yeah. you're looking at the spine of the team that's had to be re- rebuilt this summer, I guess. Yeah, it has. Yeah, I mean, the um, you know the, the team last season, which did so well, um, such an important part of that was the midfield, sort of central midfield trio of, of Nolan. You've just mentioned there, their most talented player, obviously scored that absolute worldie at the Valley. Um which, you know, was sort of the highlight of his time time here. And then they had the skipper, Abu Agogo, who was actually suspended for the playoffs, so he didn't play in that, but it was a massive part of the season. And uh, Ben Godfrey, who was on loan from Norwich, those three in the middle of midfield, now they've all gone. Um, so there you got that. I mean, NCR last centre-half, absolute rock. Thankfully, Matt Sadler, the club captain next to him, is still here, but NCR has gone, so there's a new sort of partnership needed at the back. Um, the keeper was Dean Henderson from Manchester United, who's gone elsewhere, so new keeper. Um, forward, forward's gone, been changed. Stefan Payne, the other forward, looks like he's on his way out. Yeah, you're right about the about the spine being absolutely ripped out. And I must credit Askew because I like what he's brought in. The, the, there's some exciting talent brought in. There is, um, I think, the replacements they've signed, they signed a midfielder from Rangers today. Uh, that uh, they're so well stocked in midfield, a lot of talent. It's just for me, probably it's in the front areas of the pitch, and perhaps left back, centre backs, whether they're going to be strong enough. Uh, but they're certainly talented in midfield. They got some good players, uh, but but fans at the minute are, are concerned about the centre forward position. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's the same the same at every club, I guess, especially uh, especially at Charlton at times. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned Greg Doherty. He came in. Uh, from Rangers, I mean, is he the standout man so far that's coming this summer? Well, possibly. I mean, on the you know on the face of the, the, the caliber of Rangers, and I I understand that he's you know he's by no means um, sort of out on the scrappy but Rangers. You know, to get rid of him, they want him to progress and and sort of develop playing a season of football like he is well thought of. There, they only signed him permanently in January um, to to be a, a you know a key player to to play games. Obviously. Steven Gerrard hasn't um, seen him in his plans for this season. So I was happy for him to go and get games. Uh, town fought off, off interest for him, only 21. Played over 100 career games and, and so on. And hear really good things about him. But, you know, it, it was a strange one because from the first game last weekend, you know, the, the one area they looked really good in was central midfield. They're well stocked already. They signed a lad from Wigan, Josh Loren. They've had a lad on loan from Chelsea, Charlie Colkett, and they've also signed Anthony Grant, who everyone knows about from League One. You know, Grant, who was at Posh last season and played at loads of clubs. So they're they're good centrally. They're um, Sean Morley's still here, the, the exciting number seven winger. 
added another good winger in Alex Gilead and more. They're good midfield, they're good wide areas. Um, yeah, the, the, the forwards interesting because we're, we're paying sure top scored last season. Um, even though he was in and out of the team, and you always sort of knew he was there to be a threat if used in the central position. But if he goes, they're looking light, in my opinion. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, the, the names in midfield I've just mentioned there are all serious sort of causes for for optimism and, and positivity. Uh, it would be a shame if they finished the sort of window, uh, at least the permanent transfer window, just a bit light on goals and attack. Having said that, they didn't score many last season and managed to finish third. So. <laughs> Yeah, and how did they look? Because obviously, similar to Charlton, they they, they got beat on, on opening day, uh, home to yeah. is, is Bradford, wasn't it? So um, yeah, yeah how, how did they look in that game? Actually, it was one nil, but it was a filler. It was, it could have been like three three four three. It was a really good game. Um, really got forward at will, which is a good sign. I mean, they were unlucky. It was a sort of crazy game. Both both sides hit the woodwork multiple times. Efforts cleared off the line. On another day, it could easily have been three three. Um, I mean, it bodes well that they got bored and created. You know, if you're a pessimist, you could say, oh, but on another day, Bradford could have had loads more too. But I suppose they were behind from early on, so had to kind of chase it, particularly second half. So maybe were more open than Askey wanted them to be because he's quite keen on a solid foundation. So I don't expect them to to be like a 3-3, three, 4-3 three, three every week kind of thing. But, you know, they were so solid last season, so many 1-0s. I think they will have to be prepared to concede a few more goals. But, you know, hopefully with the creativity in midfield and out wide, they can create a lot. Like I say, against Bradford, they they made chances and hit the woodwork. So, you know, maybe a bit of luck that they didn't have when they were hitting the posts and the bar. But, you know, you need someone there, don't you, between the posts mm-hmm. to finish them off. And um, we'll see about that. Because the main sort of centre-forward addition, uh, Aaron Amadi Holloway, is coming from Oldham. And his track record of scoring isn't great. He's supposed to have all the attributes and on his day can can really play and hold up play, but he, he's not prolific. So you're losing pain having added him. Just just wanting to, to know where a striker with who's going to score double figures, you know, is, is going to come from. So, uh, but they can create and they will attack and they will, you know, excite. There's good players who can can create in that team. And so from the outside looking in as well. Um... You know, coming to Charlton on Saturday, how do you think they do, especially up against a Charlton side that has, uh, you know, got its issues at the moment in, in terms of injuries and, and uh, squad size? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because of losing the first game, you know, it, it, it then becomes a nightmare start if you lose two, doesn't it? And, you know, I, I appreciate that the Charlton issues um, aren't great at the moment, but, um, you know, Askey as a new manager doesn't want two defeats from two, obviously, I think... I think they'd take a point down there because it's a hard away game, you know, on, on paper and it's just a hard place to go. I would say they'd be very happy with a point or something to build on, some confidence. You know, a clean sheet would be brilliant. Um, they'll be looking to go and win the game and they'll look to try and take advantage of the fact that Charlton don't have many bodies in. You know, struggling with the injuries, but, you know, you'd take a point there all day, in, in my opinion, um, certainly after the first result went they have Blackpool after that which isn't a bad game on the face of it with them losing their manager but it's a fairly tough opening for Asky so I'll be mindful of you know not falling to too many defeats he was desperate to start well um, against Bradford but it didn't go his way so I felt a bit for him there because he wanted to keep that feel good factor you know of last season um, which has just been difficult
difficult because of the players going, you know, the fans related and loved that team so much, but it's been almost like, you know, multiple players of that team losing it, leaving, sorry, every week and it's been sort of ripped, ripped out. So, um, I want to get a bit of optimism back sort of in the sales and a bit of positivity. So, yeah, they want to start picking up points rather than, you know, consecutive defeats. So there we go. Thank you to Lewis Cox from the Shropshire Star for um, uh, telling us all about the Shrews. There obviously been a, a big summer of change after they just missed out on the uh, on, on the on the promotion after losing the playoff final. Uh, obviously they beat us in the playoff semi final, and I think the, the, the Shrewsbury fans seem to have taken a bit of a uh, dislike to the to you know to Charlton, particularly Lee Bowie. Obviously Bowie are very confident, said we're not going to we're going to beat you and blah 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 all this, and then. Um, so uh, after the game, I don't know if you noticed, actually one of their fans slapped Bowyer on the back of the head or something, which was a bit, <laughs> bit naughty when he ran on the pitch. Uh, but then um, as we were, we had to sort of try and get around the back of the stand to do our interviews because we couldn't we couldn't walk down the tunnel as we normally would to go and find Lee Bowyer because he's surrounded by fans. So we thought we'd go around the back, come back in the, the players' entrance. And as we were walking around, there was a, a Shrewsbury fan who really wanted to gloat and slag off Lee Bayer at the same time. And he saw Ollie in his Charlton tracksuit. So uh, the the club's media officer, uh, media officer, and went up to him and said, um, started giving him a bit of lip, saying, oh, "I'll tell your manager this and this and blah 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 blah." And obviously, Ollie's just ignoring him as we all are. Um, and then the the guy got so frustrated, he just wanted to have a final word. He just went, "Oh, oh I'll see you next season." And I was like, "Well, that would mean that you would have lost the playoff final, then, wouldn't it, mate?" So and it turns out that was the case. So we will be seeing them next season. We're seeing them on Saturday. So from a Charlton point of view, Tom, um, I mean. Changes? Can we make any changes apart from obviously Jason Pierce? Uh, the only other one will be if we bring this person in and they're up to speed and fit. Um, but personally, I don't think I would. I didn't see a whole lot wrong with the performance at the weekend. The hope is that Prattley and Taylor are still fit enough to play. Like you say, maybe we're going to have to bring Sar in for Pierce, but I wouldn't make too many changes really. I think that that style worked I don't know if it will against Shrewsbury because obviously I haven't seen them with this manager so I don't know exactly how they play um, but they're a team that as you say have gone through a huge amount of transition and yeah I thought we looked good at Sunderland we were unlucky really to lose that game and I think Shrewsbury are not going to be as good as Sunderland um, so yeah like he said they're going to push for the win I think we have to as well and kind of as soon as the players get out on the pitch forget the fact that we've got all these issues and a small squad and blah 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 and four players on the bench or whatever it's going to be I think those players that go out there will be more than capable of beating them do you think we go for three at the back again like we did up at, up at Sunderland I was, yeah I was just about to say it'd be interesting because um, if not obviously Naby's playing um, whether or not it'd be good in a two or <laughs> or a three um, because if, if he goes to a four then obviously Marshall's going to play quite narrow which he didn't really do a good job at last year I don't think so it wouldn't surprise me if he just keeps it the same. It would. It wouldn't surprise. And then obviously just Naby instead of Pierce. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are assuming that, that Naby yeah. is going to be the one in for for, for Jason Pierce. Now, that, I mean, some of the some of the questions that came out on Saturday, you know, were you know we, we looked at what was then a five man bench. Now, is if if Saar does go in and Pierce is out, do, are we going to promote someone else from the youth team into the bench to keep it at five? Are we going to go up to seven? might as well just go to seven because it's a home game you don't have to drive in people around the country might as well go to seven but you know there, there was certainly a reluctance to utilise players from the bench on, on Saturday including Nicky Jose who's still here we haven't even mentioned him he hasn't gone yet I mean you can still be transferred outside of the country when he was linked with foreign foreign teams earlier on in the window So, he, but as it stands he's still here so I mean you know, do, do you think that Bowie would be wise to try and utilise his subs a bit earlier this week if they are starting to tire, for example? Yeah, I think it will depend on the situation, obviously. Um, I think 
it's frustrating for him, I'm sure, because he turns around and what was it? Nave said at the on Sunday pants. Yeah. He just sees pants. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't see why not. Um, and I think maybe he'll have learned from the weekend that even if he's looking at people like Taylor Maloney and thinking where well, it might be a risk, or well, you know what, if he's got fresh legs, just get him tearing around and lunging into tackles is not necessarily a bad thing. So. Mm. It depends on the situation. If we're 2 or 3 nil up, perhaps he can afford to take that risk and give someone a go. If we're one nil up and people are looking tired again, maybe. But to be fair, even if we're behind and you're having to push, why not throw Nicky on and see what you can do? So I'd like to think that he will, but again, it all depends on the way the game goes. Now, we, we were talking about those shrews. We have lost a lot of players from last season, but they have churned some, some replacements in as well. So obviously they're still going to be settling, but just in terms of the lack of momentum and losing the manager and a new manager coming in and losing... You know, two Enciala and, and Nolan going both going to which which this week is going to be a big blow to them, surely. Oh yeah, I mean Nolan was the best player on the pitch at the mm. home game, um, mm. and uh, he obviously done it week in week out for him. And obviously, what was the last name? Ashiola. Enciala. Yeah, Enciala. Yeah. He was obviously a rock for him. So yeah, it's going to be a big miss. But no offense to Shrewsbury, but then you know it was it was always going to happen. Once Hurst left, it was always going to happen, and. I think if if they finish mid table, I think they'll be quite happy if you consider the size of um, you know the size of club and stuff. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tricky game. I don't think it's be as easy as I think some people yeah. uh, envisage. Well, Will Bill, Will Bollen is uh, one man who thinks <laughs> it's going to be easy. He is uh, he we, last week we put it out they're trying to find out the new name for Cashy back bets because uh, Cashy's left and he came up with Jacko's Jackpot. Mm. Uh, that is the new name for the charity bet that we're going to do for uh, for the upbeats and he's gone for three one to Charlton. Uh, with Carlin Grant to score first, so the the reasonable odds on that, and this, so if, uh, if if that comes in, I think we'd be over hundred and something quid. Hundred seventy odd quid. Yeah, think, for the for the for the Charlton upbeats. But let's hear uh, the uh, predictions from inside the studio, Tom. Two one Charlton. Yeah, I have some of that. Two nil okay. Charlton. Two nil Charlton. I'll go for a clean sweep. I'll go for a two nil Charlton as well. That means that we will finally, hopefully, get on the board this season after our losing streak of one which is way too long for, for me right we have just about run out of time uh, on this week's big match preview thank you all for, for tuning in uh, don't forget we'll be back here on Maritime Radio on Sunday evening to look back at the Shrewsbury game uh, and you'll be able to have your say on everything that's going on around the club as per usual Tom and Nathan thank you for coming in cheers, cheers Luke. I've been Louis this has been the big match preview we'll be back here on Sunday evening and let's hope but by that time Charlton have got their season up and running we'll see you later <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.